It was awesome. Daniel Sloss was really funny, and uh, Adam Kay was brilliant. It was all tremendous. Again, it was a really good lineup. Adam Kay at the end was excellent. It's brilliant. It's been brilliant. I wasn't expecting so many people, all you know, one after the other. I thought Jimmy was really funny, and uh, Adam Kay, he was great. He was really, really good. It was hilarious. Jamon was really Jamon, good. Def- and Reese Darby's like a total dude. Yeah. <laughs> Amnesty's Secret Comedy Podcast with Susan Kalman. Welcome to our first recording of Amnesty's Secret Comedy Podcast, live from the Underbelly in Edinburgh with me, Susan Kalman. <laughs> Beautiful. Amnesty International supports freedom of expression and we're better to see that in action than here at the cultural centre of the comedy universe. Over the next few weeks we're going to be bringing you our favourite people chatting and performing for your pleasure. But right, let's get this show on the road. Are you ready for your first guest comedian? All the way from Scotland, it's Daniel Sloss! How are you all doing? You well? Yes. Lovely. Uh, hello, my name's uh, Daniel. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm 21. Uh, I moved out last year, which is always hard on parents whenever a child moves out. It's always hard on one of the parents. Uh, one parent always cares, but the other one doesn't really care. Uh, I'll see if you can work what, uh, which one of my parents cared when I moved out. Now, you've obviously got two choices, despite the fact that I am from Fife. You've got, um, <laughs> you've got my loving, caring, friendly mother, or, or my stepdad. Now, <laughs> I'll give you another clue. He's not actually my stepdad. I just call him that to annoy him. (laughs) Call me dad. Shut up, Martin. (laughs) He did the dad thing a while ago when I was 16 years old. He came up to me and he said, son, we need to talk. And I thought, oh God, it's the sex talk. But it wasn't the sex talk. It was the shaving talk. Now, I know what you're thinking. Daniel, the shaving talk does sound a lot better than the sex talk. Well, it would be, but... No, when your dad neglects to tell you, it's the shaving talk. So he starts talking about shaving, I think he's talking about sex. <laughs> Imagine this from my point of view. Son, there comes a special time in every man's life. You may have already started to do it. I doubt it. I can tell from your face. <laughs> now, the first time you do it, you're going to be clumsy. You're not going to know what to do. You're going to do things wrong, okay? There will be a little bit of blood. Don't worry, that's fine. <laughs> it's normal. Your mum can show you this neat trick with some rolled up toilet paper. <laughs> oh, cheers, Dad. Uh, now, after a while, you're gonna learn the ins, the outs, the ups and the downs. You're gonna learn how to shortcut it. Never shortcut it. I tried to shortcut it once and your mum claimed that I gave her a rash. Oh, oh this is the worst birthday ever. <laughs> Now, the first time you do it, be so happy, so proud. You're going to go into school the next day and you're going to tell your friends every single insignificant detail. But I'm not going to lie to you, as you get older, uh, it becomes more of a chore, really. Yeah, I mean, I start looking forward to the weekends when I get a few days off. But, ooh, try explaining that to your mother, eh? I mean, uh, she even makes me do it twice before we go meet her parents, which is just time-consuming, really, because... I don't know if you've ever tried finishing yourself off in the car, but it's very, very difficult. I mean, there are speed bumps everywhere. The dog's jumping up and around and your brother doesn't have a steady hand, so. So I bought something electric, you know, to speed the whole process up. Uh, Get up as quickly as possible, but your mum stole that and batteries aren't cheap, so. 
I just went back to the good old days of doing it by hand manually in the shower. <laughs> Which is roughly when I passed out. Uh, and when I came to, my mum was there mopping my brow and she said, don't worry, son. The first time you do it, I'll be watching over your shoulder. <laughs> stroke by stroke. And the most depressing thing about that joke is I've genuinely told it more times than I've actually shaved. Uh, <laughs> you guys have been a pleasure. I've been nice last. Thank you very much. Good night. annual stand-up for freedom gig is on Wednesday the 15th of August at 10 p.m. with a truly stunning lineup including Josie Long, Pappies, Sarah Pascoe, David O'Doherty, Fred McCauley and well me but don't let that put you off okay. Now let's welcome our first guest for a chat. I love her more than is appropriate so if at any point I start moving across the stage to try and touch her don't stop me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, she's absolutely gorgeous and wonderful. It's the amazing Lucy Porter! I genuinely get a little bit shy and starstruck when I meet you, Lucy Porter. I you know that. I know you as well. <laughs> well, also, because you're such a giant to me. Yes, the problem with Lucy Porter <laughs> is that my USP is that I'm really short. That's why I go on about that and the lesbian Scottish thing. Neither of them are true. I'm straight and I'm from Essex, but never mind. <laughs> I do it for the work. But when you come into the room, I lose it because you're shorter than me, aren't you? I know. Well, it, you know, what is lovely is that you, you kind of, you do make me feel sort of mothered in a way that I, I need at the moment. I'm being motherly to other people, especially Daniel Sloss. Oh, he? you can't help it the way. Oh, do you know, I saw him right, I, when I arrived in Edinburgh. He was at Edinburgh Airport. He'd just flown back from Montreal from the comedy festival. And I was just like, they let him fly on his own. Oh, surely you should have a little ticket attached to his clothing, really. But I know. Anyway. Now, you haven't been to Edinburgh for a couple of years. No. Uh, that why? is the reason for that is because you have been. I've been cracking out kids like there's no tomorrow, basically. I've been. Uh... What a lovely way of putting it. <laughs> Just yeah. popping them out. I've been it's like a cannonball. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, yes, human cannonballs, two of them uh, in the last two years. So instead of doing an Edinburgh show for the last two years, I've had a child instead. Right. Which is actually a lot easier. Oh. The ho- I mean, I know childbirth, I mean, it stings a bit. But. Uh, <laughs> You know. There's not the lasting self-hatred, though, is there? Oh, I mean, yeah, is it, you know, the labour is over at most in a couple of days, whereas yeah. Edinburgh goes on and on and on, <laughs> I mean, oh. Yeah. We're only four days in, I'm already exhausted. Are you? Yeah, no, well, no, actually. <laughs> no, I'm really no. enjoying it. I've actually, I've done it right this year. 15 years I've been coming, and uh, I finally worked out what you need to do is just, like, treat it as a family holiday where you just pop out and do the occasional gig so I'm kind of with the kids all day and just when they're starting to get really angry and fractious I hand them to my husband go up to the stand and have an hour on stage where people just have to listen to me and can't ask me for a banana or <laughs> make me hold their cardigan and it's amazing so yeah I, I, I'm loving it this so year, it's a actually. freeing thing I think one of the most uh, glorious things about the Edinburgh uh, festival about comedy I, I used to as you know have an, another job I was a you comedian did. Anyway, I was a lawyer. <laughs> I wish I'd been a comedian before. And uh, I gave up my job as a lawyer because I didn't feel I could express myself. In all honesty, it sounds a bit trite, but I didn't. I, I felt horrific. And part of the joy of doing comedy, I think, is being able to express yourself, isn't it? I mean, I have some stuff in my show that is... is I talk about George Osborne snorting coke off a golden pony at one point, uh, which is... I don't know if that's actually happened or right. not, but it's just very it's very freeing to be able to say... Because I used to work... I used to have a proper job as well. I used to work in uh, television. I used to be a TV researcher for Richard and Judy. 
there, which was love. Well, she was lovely. Uh, and, um, <laughs> I, uh, oh, yeah. This is pre-recorded. Feel free to say whatever you want. <laughs> now, I wanted to ask you a, a question. There's been a lot of fuss in uh, Russia just now about the punk band uh, Pussy Riot. In fact, I have been starting my show with, please welcome to the stage, the fourth member of Pussy Riot, Lucy Porter. Now, for people who, who might not know what's going on, they're in a lot of trouble in Russia. They've been locked up, haven't they? Yeah, and they're being sort of their, their trial is being kind of expedited, I think, so that they'll be locked up as quickly as possible. And the thing is, even other evil Russian oligarchs have come out and said, oh, that's a bit wrong. And you know when you go, these are people who probably have people killed on a very regular basis. Mm. Even the absolute bastards are going, actually, you shouldn't really be treating them like this. Because it's something that we, we necessarily, we couldn't necessarily comprehend, which is that if you told a joke about uh, Nick Clegg or about the Queen or, or about any Osborne's of the George Osborne, 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 exactly, yes. fact, um, <laughs> that, that someone would come and just lock you up for it. And I mean, at the festival, it would make the competition a lot easier for me if they did lock the ball up. And it would just be me going, I've got nothing bad to say about anybody. Five stars. Chortle. I love David Cameron. <laughs> He's a lovely man. Uh, now, uh, last uh, question. Please don't anyone just take that out as a snippet. And, uh... I think we're going to use that as the jingle, I mean. <laughs> I've got an idea. Let's do, for the festival, a Pussy Riot tribute band. You, me, uh-huh. I don't know, Jim Jeffries, maybe? Brendan uh, Burns. Can I have Brendan, Brendan Burns? Burns? Yes, that would be Sword brilliant. Sword it. Let, let, we're going to do that. I think that would be I've got a bikini. Do they wear bikinis? Sword it. That's what I'm winning anyway. <laughs> uh, Lucy Porter, thank you very much. An international comedy superstar now. He smashed it at the Royal Variety Show. He stormed on live with the Apollo and he's going to blow the roof off the underblade right now. Give it up for Jim Owen! <laughs> Good. Yeah, just, just. No, I care. I care. Um, no, I have a. Uh, um, no, I have a strong accent. Sorry about this. Uh, I mumble quite a bit as well. So, um, good luck again. Anyway, I know. I've been running away. Boom. You won't listen to everything I'm saying here. Uh, by the way, you're going to tune in and tune out. Uh, that's fine. I'm doing it too. Uh, <laughs> very hard to listen, isn't it? Very hard to focus, very hard to relax, uh, easy to worry. Uh, I could get you all worried. Uh, where's your birth certificate? <laughs> yeah, don't think about it now, I'll ruin the day. But, uh, <laughs> when you get home. There's a few smug people there going, I know exactly where mine is. It's in the box. Where's the box? <laughs> but anyway, I, I just have jokes. That's all I've got, really. Uh, I don't really have any strong opinions on anything. Um, and I think it's important to have jokes as a comedian. <laughs> no, I watch a lot of these other young comics in the fringe. That's all they've got is an opinion. You know, talking about some country in the Middle East that they don't live in, how it should be run. And then in the next breath, talking about their latte being cold. And you go, I don't really want to hear your opinion. Just tell me your jokes. That's just my opinion. But, um, she <laughs> <laughs> uh, enjoyed Edinburgh, good, yeah. <laughs> coat on, coat off a lot, isn't it? <laughs> coat on, too cold, coat off, oh, coat on. You always ask someone else whether you need a coat or not. <laughs> just before you leave the house, you always turn to your friend and go, do I need a coat? 
Like they know how hot or cold you are. And they don't care, they just want to get you out. And they go, no, you don't need a coat, come on. And then you're out and you go, you told me I didn't need a coat. <laughs> Nothing worse though than having a coat out in a day that you don't need it. Sweat lashing off and you think, I don't need this coat. Should have asked somebody. <laughs> Tell you a bit about myself, if you get to know me. Um, my wife just had a baby. I've left her. Hmm, no, I have sort of, I'm working. It's easier being at work than looking after kids. Um, I have, uh, you know, that's why people have photographs of their family at work. They're thinking, that's the shit I've got to go home to. <laughs> I have to ask my wife for hanky-panky these days. You know, that's all gone once kids turn up. So we call it in our house. I say, can I have hanky-panky tonight? Oh. That's a yes, by the way. <laughs> I'm very happy with that. Anyway, that's all for me. Thank you very much and good afternoon. Take a quick seat. One of the uh, big events at the Edinburgh Fringe that people might not be aware of is the Amnesty Comedians versus Critics football match. And you're playing in that, are you Am not? I really? Yeah. Oh, nice. You, you do know you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, I do know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a bit of a grudge match, though. Have you done it before, though? Is this your first time? Um, yeah, no, I think I did do it before. Yeah, I did, actually, because I got a free shirt from it, and I've still got it. Uh -huh. That's often why I do these things. <laughs> Have the you been preparing in a special way? Um, no. No. <laughs> no, I haven't done anything. I have actually got my kids here at Edinburgh. I've got four kids, and uh, they're all sitting out the back in the car. <laughs> Did you crack a window open, though? <laughs> no. Amnesty will be on to me. Yeah. That's a good thing. But uh, you, you, are, you are playing the football match. Do you think you're going to be able to beat the critics this year? It's a bit of a grudge match. Are you going to beat them? Um, they, yeah. they won last year, the critics, I should say. Yeah, no, actually, I remember there was one year, there was a critic, uh, was it Cook? Uh, William Cook, who wrote a bad review for me. And uh, he was the goalie, too. And, and a penalty shootout, I scored the goal against him. And it was such a good feeling. He was awful. I gave him two stars. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all about Amnesty International. It's not about uh, historic grudges that comedians have. I'm playing this year and I'm taking a uh, hatchet with me. So, because right. that's what they've done to me. So, um, uh, <laughs> I think I've seen you play. You're good. Uh, no, I'm, I'm all right at the yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm okay. Being a, being a lesbian, it's part of the skills you're given when you're trained at the Judy Foster internment camp that we all go to. <laughs> When you come out about 14, we're all sent away to Provincetown and uh, Jodie Foster comes along and tells us all the things we need to do, like wear sensible shoes and uh, play football, put up shelves. Yeah. And bury the hatchet. Yeah. Uh, and then we're trained on how to recruit other people. <laughs> Jim, uh, I hope you have a, a, a lovely time at the football match and I hope your gigs Where go Where is it again, by the way? The Jim? football match is at uh, Meadows for Amnesty on Sunday the 19th of August at 2pm. Make sure you, you go. Uh, Jim, have a lovely time. A round of applause, please, for Jim Owen, please. Thank, Thank you very much. Hollywood superstar Jim Carrey is not my next guest, but he did describe my next guest as absolutely brilliant with that Peter Sellers madness inside him. Some of you will know him as Murray from Flight of the Concords. The rest of you will know him as comedian Rhys Darby! <laughs> and to make uh, the 
stage even even more wonderful, if that is possible. Uh, I have another guest, uh, Shappy Kersandi, is a writer, a broadcaster, stand-up comedian, and has even been a panellist on Question Time, something I'm very jealous about. Uh, everyone, it's Shappy Kersandi! <laughs> Hello. Hello. Lovely to see both of you. Uh, Reese, tell us about your show that you've got at the Edinburgh Fringe this year. Uh, it's called This Way to Spaceship. And it's an adaptation of a book I wrote this year, which uh, started off as an autobiography and then sort of ended up being a science fiction novel. <laughs> it's a great show. Yeah. <laughs> my show's exactly the same. Oh. <laughs> what are the odds? Typical. What are the odds? You've read my book, haven't you? Oh, no. Um, my show's called Dirty Looks and Hopscotch. You know, like, how... All little girls wear pink and dress up as princesses. It's a bit of a rant against that, my show. Because mm-hmm. we carry yeah. that fantasy into our adult life and have these ridiculous meringues at our weddings. And you men are spared this. Mm. This idea of carrying on your princess, your childhood fantasies into adulthood. Otherwise, you dress up in your wedding days as cowboys and astronauts. Yeah. Mm. So it's a bit of a... Um... <laughs> I did dress up as a cowboy for my, <laughs> I mean, my wedding. That would be amazing. When I was younger, to be fair, though, Shepi, I wanted to be a long-distance lorry driver because of the Yorkie ads. Yes. <laughs> I thought that looked like the best job in the world, didn't it? You drove a truck, you got to sleep in the back of the truck, you got chocolate, you waved to the ladies. I thought that looked... Do you know what I mean? That's what I wanted. Do you know, when I first realised I was a feminist right. was when I saw the Yorkie ad and it said, It's not for girls. That's when I first realised I was a lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) True story. That and Cagney and Lacey. So, I'm very jealous of something that you have very definitely done, Chappie, and that is question time. I love it. It's the time I get get drunk and I just shout at the television. Well, I did it a couple of times. I've done it a couple of times, and it's it's as nerve-wracking as Live at the Apollo. More so, because it's uh, liver. I mean, it's actually live. Yeah, because live at the Apollo the, the, is not live, is it? No. No. But uh, David uh, Dimbleby's a right laugh. <laughs> no, he is. He's, no, he's really funny. There's a real trick to how you talk on Question Time. You could say the most ridiculous thing, I wish oranges were purple, and I'm going to leave it there. Round of applause from the audience. <laughs> it gets, no, yes, it's true. Really it's true. And, and it's almost very it and, Captain Kirk. Yeah. Yes. I think the answer that we're looking for is on the wing. <laughs> yeah. The right wing. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. They wow. love you on Question Time. They're always saying that they're that frightened of me. Comedians often mm. say no to Question Time. They would be frightened if they put me on the panel with some people. Like I'd just go rage. <laughs> It'd be like being at a kebab shop on a Friday night. I'd be like, fuck this, let's just do it outside. And that's why I don't think they want me on. They could calm you down with Yorkie bars. <laughs> right, some questions from the audience. First of all, uh, Sting is helping Amnesty's campaign to put pressure on the Russian government over their imprisonment of the female punk band Pussy Riot we were talking about earlier on. If you could get Sting to do anything for you, what would it be? Uh, I'd, I'd just get him to reform the police and um, perform on my 40th birthday. Oh, that's a nice, That'd be nice. Answer, yeah. Walking on the moon. Uh, this Some is a, a question. They uh, say. Sorry. No. If you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? 
You know, my superpower would be, you know when, when someone's a dickhead to you and then three years later you come up with a really witty put down? Yeah. My superpower would be to get things like that straight away. That's a wow. really good one. Yeah, just just really be able to yeah. never be have, feel like you've had the rug pulled out mm. from under your feet by a dickhead. Reese? Uh, multi-dimensional um, time and space travel instantaneously from clicking my fingers. I could be anywhere, any dimension, any time. Yeah, but what if you went somewhere where the dentistry was really bad, like in the olden days where they used to just yank them out with pliers? Well, I'd clip my fingers and just return. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I want to ask one final and very brief question. What made you get involved with Amnesty International? Shappy, first of all. Um, well, they, they had this great auction where I, I bid for a really brilliant painting and that made me interested in human rights. <laughs> Reese, talk, talk that if you can, because that's the most honest answer. You talk about had. human rights, but you made us wait out in the car park for 40 minutes before we came into the show. <laughs> I'll edit that out. Um, Amnesty International, uh, freedom of speech, big for me. Otherwise, I don't think any of us would be here. Hmm? And I say some pretty rough things in my show about mermaids and <laughs> the existence of Bigfoot and things, and I think it's all true, and I want people to believe it. Well, I, 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 I have to say something less shallow than bidding for stuff in an auction. No, now. that's all we've got time for, Shappy. That's what's going out. So, Bigfoot exists! Uh, no, but it's been absolutely gorgeous, and, and Shappy's involved in Amnesty International because she's a caring, wonderful, beautiful and woman. And I come from... I was born in a country where there is freedom of speech, but no freedom after you've spoken. <laughs> That's why I live in England, because there's no freedom of speech in Iran and my dad's a writer and that's why I do it. And, and, and thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Shepard Kassani and Reece Starr, we give them a huge round of applause. Now, it would be rude not to end a show like this with a song. So here's a man whose songs have had more than 20 million hits on YouTube. It's Adam Kay with an excerpt from a show called Bum Notes. <laughs> I've been having a rather stressful weekend Fixing the garden fence Cause I certainly didn't plan That as soon as I began There'd be the following events I tripped over a hose and I fell in some roses And thorns stuck in my head And my nail gun fell and then it expelled some nails Which then embed in my hands and feet Which quite completely nailed me to the shed Now I'm beginning to look a lot like Jesus Accidentally crucified And if you think that this song is blasphemy You can kiss my fucking ass for me Where it's nailed up outside Hi, my name is My name is My name is Adam and uh, I'm going to sing you some songs for the next uh, four minutes. It'll feel like about three quarters of an hour. Uh, 
I'm going to tell you how to make a cup of tea You boil up a kettle till it's 100 degrees Then pour it on a tea bag and add some UHT Then you put in sugar, candarelle or hermositas Now take a spoon and with it stir your drink Remove the spoon and put it in the sink Always take out the spoon Cos otherwise it will poke your face <laughs> Always take out the spoon Cos otherwise it will poke your face p -p -p Poke your face That's all I got on that one <laughs> I would love to be a singer Or I'd love to be an actor but my progress has been hindered by a pretty dreadful stammer And my name is Daniel Davis And I'd love it to be famous But if you ask me what my name is This is all that I can say Watch has stopped, the battery's died I take off the back and I check inside Cos I guess I better get a replacement <laughs> But the battery's a peculiar size It's only two millimetres wide And I say to the man at the shop What's going on? <laughs> it takes an A, 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 A Ay, 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 and that's out of stock. <laughs> oh, the single ladies, oh, the single ladies, oh, the single ladies, oh, the maybe you should lose some weight and wear nicer clothes. <laughs> it's got to be worth a try at least. And finally. Boyfriend, a particular type of man, a Persian type of person with a postcode in Tehran, a lad like Aladdin or even Darius Dinesh. For the first time in history, I want some Iranian flesh. Iranian men, hallelujah, Iranian men. Any specimen, not Paul, John, Mark or Brad, but Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. Iranian. <coughs> Thank you very much, I've been Adam Kay. Thank you so much for listening to Amnesty's Secret Comedy Podcast. Everyone on today's show gave their time for free to help Amnesty. You can do your bit too by texting the word SECRET to 70555 to donate £3. Text costs £3 plus one standard message. Refer to your tariff for details. Amnesty UK receives at least £2.85 from every £3 donated. Over 18s only. Please ask Bill Payer's permission. See full terms and conditions at amnesty.org.uk forward slash SMS terms. David Cameron is <laughs> yeah. a lovely man.
Amnesty's secret comedy podcast is a Dabster production for Amnesty International.